0: Good morning. Good morning and welcome to this special Wednesday morning chapel. My name is Bob Yorta, one of the campus pastors here. And we want to welcome the other guests who are here with us, joining our student body and faculty body here as well. I also want to invite a particular welcome to Tom and Christine Sein, who will be our special speakers this morning in chapel and will be with us on campus for the next couple of days. Before I further introduce the signs, I wanna make one brief announcement. Um, Sometime during our chapel, you will hear a tornado siren go off. Elkhart County is conducting a routine tornado drill um, all across the county and including our campus. And they've chosen two different times for us to take advantage of this tornado drill today. Sometime in the next half hour, and then sometime this evening between 7.30 and 7.45 p.m. In connecting with folks from our physical plant, if we hear this tornado drill during our chapel, we can ignore it. Let's stay here and let's not uh, go to, to anywhere else. Um, so in other words, uh, if we hear the tornado siren, let's just keep on chapeling along. But we do welcome Christine and Tom Sine to Goshen College this morning. Uh, they will speak with us in chapel this morning and Friday as well. They will also interact with students and faculty in different classes, um, um, get-togethers, some informal lunch conversations, and and other places. Tom and Christine are part of Mustard Seed Associates, where they are creating the future one mustard seed at a time. Christine Sine was born in Sydney, Australia, but now lives in the mustard seed house with her husband, Tom, and their golden retriever, Bonnie. An enthusiastic, organic, she is passionate about helping Christians to connect their faith to everyday life and writes and speaks on issues relating to changing our time style and lifestyle to develop a more spiritual rhythm for life. In a former life, Christine trained as a physician in Australia and developed and directed the healthcare ministry for Mercy Ships. She is the author of three books, God's Space, Time for Peace, and the Rhythms of Life, Travel Well, and Tales of a Seasick Doctor. And together, Christine and Tom co-authored Living on Purpose, Finding God's Best for Your Life. Tom sign has many gifts and has worked as a social worker, educator, and headed up a community development project in Haiti for World Concern. These days, he spends a lot of time trying to learn what God is doing through a new generation of innovators. That is what led him to write The New Conspirators. He currently teaches as an adjunct at Fuller Theological Seminary, and it seems as though he's always working on a book. His previous book was Mustard Seed vs. McWorld and Mustard Seed Conspiracy a couple of decades ago. Tom and Christine try to help everyone from college students to mission executives, get ready to serve God in our rapidly changing, new global neighborhood. The way they do this is by enabling people to both identify some of the new challenges rushing at us from the future, and imagine new ways to respond to these challenges. Christine and Tom, we are grateful uh, for your presence with us these days. I wanna make just a couple of other announcements. There are some books out to my right uh, that they've authored um, that our bookstore is selling. So that would be a great place to to take advantage of that. Those books will also be in our bookstore, but immediately following chapel, Christine and Tom will be happy to talk with you and they will be located out here um, uh, by the book table. This evening in Newcomer Center 17, Tom and Christine are hosting a very special session to interact with us on dreaming new dreams for the future and dreaming new ways of what life might be like after Goshen College. And so you are very welcome to come and attend that. 6.30 to 8 o'clock, there'll be some good dessert there. 6.30 to 8 o'clock, newcomer 17. So we'd love to see you there. Out at their book table, they also have a newsletter uh, opportunity for you to sign up for, and and things come out of of Mustard Seed Associates. So there's a sign up there at at the book table as well. As we continue in our worship, I will light our oil lamp, reminding us of God's presence moving among us, and then invite us to pray. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, we invite you into this space and welcome your presence. We hear the sounds of the birds in nature. We thank you for safe travels for Tom and Christine. Prepare our hearts and our minds to hear things anew, to challenge us, to spur us on of faithful ways of reaching out to you, of faithful ways of living on this place we call Earth. In your holy name, Amen. Join with me in singing.
1: Good morning. Let's worship together and would you please stand.
2: Morning, Goshen. Morning. A little more energy. Good morning, Goshen. Good morning. Okay, it's good to be back. I've been here a couple times. Christine, this is your first time, and where have we just come from? Well, over the
3: weekend we were at Kern Bay. Oh, sorry, Kern Road um, Mennonite Church. You can see I can't even remember where we've come from because we've been at so many places. We were at Bethel last Friday, and yesterday we were at AMBS
2: and had a very good time there. We're delighted to be with you. And we want to talk about you and your future. The question we want to address this morning and on Friday is their life after Goshen. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, And I'm sorry we got here too late to see the student wall. We are impressed by the kind of initiative you guys creating something that Reminds us of the struggle that's going on between the palestinians the israelis the middle east is boiling right now uh, But we did get the chance to experience your composting over breakfast this morning. So good on you guys And uh, where are we going this afternoon?
3: Uh, we are going to the uh, Mira Lee center really looking forward to it. We're both keen environmentalists, and i'm a keen gardener so very much looking forward to finding out what's going on there.
2: So Luke is going to take us on tour, and we're just glad to be here with you. Uh, just a little bit of our stories.
3: Well, um, you already heard. I grew up in Australia, was in practice in New Zealand for a while, and then joined the Mercy Ship Anastasis. Spent 12 years on board developing ministry to do cleft lip and palate and eye surgery, and so have literally worked all over the world. But now we live in a small community in uh, Seattle called the Mustard Seed House. Uh, there are 11 of us living in uh, what was an old house built in 1910 um, and very concerned particularly uh, about helping people to see a way of life that is self-sustaining as much as possible. We uh, produce about 40% of our vegetables on an urban lot. Uh, and. Uh, doing everything possible that we can to be environmentally green.
2: And uh, Friday, Jim talked about uh, being a high school dropout, uh, you know, and, and the beginnings of his days. The beginnings of my day, I didn't drop out, but I was very close, should not have gone on to college. I had to live in the library to make it through my four-year degree. And I've worked as social worker, as you heard, I've worked in Haiti. Uh, but. One of the things we're gonna be talking about life after for your generation is not what are you gonna do when you grow up, but it's what are you gonna do first. You will have seven to nine different things you do during your lifetime. So the focus of our time together is your life, your future, life after Goshen. And uh, how many seniors and juniors do we have here? Okay, boy, a room full a lot of you guys. Life after is very immediate. The freshmen and sophomores, you know, that seems far into the future, you're going to have the opportunity to give Goshen a lot more money before you get to that point (laughs) of deliverance. So uh, the other guys, and I can just tell you, Goshen, for the seniors, they're happy to continue to receive payments even after you graduate, okay? So uh, that's always an opportunity. Um, We're going to talk about New challenges, and we're going to talk about some fairly daunting stuff, but all of the new challenges for your generation are new opportunities. And the good news is, and you can see it in some of the Middle East and things that are stirring in terms of environmental issues, there's a new generation of millennials that are a change generation. You're a part of that generation. We're going to talk specifically about what that looks like. We're going to invite you to imagine new ways to be a difference and make a difference, new forms of community. And tonight, if you don't have anything better going, what we're doing is not talking at you. We're inviting you to create new possibilities for life after Goshen that we'll have a couple of you share in the chapel on Friday. So join us 630. Um, uh, just a story to get us started. I actually went to a college very much like uh, Goshen way back in 58. You know. <laughs> We had dinosaurs Dinosaurs on on campus. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And a friend of mine named Paul was walking down the street in Portland, Oregon, two blocks from the college, and he came across this gigantic old-fashioned funeral hearse with curtains at the windows. Sign on the window said $250 or best offer. He literally ran to the bank a half a mile away, took out $250, brought it back, gave him the money, signed the thing, and when he drove this hearse on campus, we realized we had a creativity responsibility to honor this impulsive purchase. And so after about an hour and a half of brainstorming, we found with very careful packing, We could get 13 people in the back of this, students in the back of this, all laying side by side by side. Then Paul proceeded to drive all over Portland, Oregon, at very high rates of speed, accelerating every time he approached a stoplight or a stop sign. At the last possible moment, he would slam on the brakes All 13 bodies would come bolt upright at the same time. We saw a guy swallow his cigarette, another guy drive up on the lawn. We'd lay back and wait for the next stoplight or stop sign. We caused chaos and confusion all over Portland, Oregon. It was so gratifying. Uh, What I want to tell you is life after Goshen, you're only limited by your imagination. We're going to talk about challenges, but for your generation, all the challenges are opportunities. Good news and bad news. Let me start with the bad news first. We see what is happening in Japan, the horrific meltdown that is taking place. We don't know how bad it's going to be. Tens of thousands of people have probably lost their life. We haven't seen anything like this. The tremendous travail that's still going on in the Middle East, but they're a challenge to our poorest neighbors in Africa, some of whom you've had the opportunity to work with. And, to be honest, the church isn't ready for the second wave of what's happening in the recession, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the good news is, and all part of the bad news, is the church is in decline. When I started working with the Midnight Church in the early 80s, it was still growing, plateaued. It is now declining. Like most American churches, we're losing 20- and 30-year-olds at a rate we have never seen before. And as a consequence, the funding for peace and justice, as I talked about at AMBS seminary, is going to be severely cut unless mennos discover ways to grow the church, reach out to neighbors, because I have to tell you, I'm a convinced Anabaptist, but I'm not a Mennonite. And I am concerned because there's so many people, particularly younger people, that are really interested in the kind of call to work for peace and justice. The good news is that God is raising up 20 and 30-year-olds in Australia, New Zealand, Great Britain that really want to raise the bar on what it means to be followers of Christ. They're calling the whole church to more authentic whole life faith. They're calling the church to work for peace and justice. We want to share some of their stories. We want to invite you to join your friends. And this movement of what I call New Conspirators has a strongly Anabaptist flavor. And so we're gonna be talking about some of those folks, but we're going to invite you to use your imagination to think of ways to join them. So we're going to talk about putting first things first and Christine, um, the call to a more authentic whole life faith.
3: Well, this is something that's a real passion of mine. I think that what we need, we live in a 24 seven world and we need a 24 seven faith that really impacts every part of our, our lives and every part of the world as well.
2: And a young man stood up, as you know, in the Gospel of Luke, we read this, he stands up and reads from the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, release to the captive, sits down and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What it meant for Jesus to be Messiah of God was not just being committed to God, but to the causes of peace and justice, to the mission purposes of God. In the first century, you couldn't be a disciple of Christ unless you put those mission purposes at the center of your life, too. Today, it's show up at church when you can work it in, a little word on the Je- a job for Jesus if you get a chance, but it's pretty marginal. And that's why the call of young people like Shane and Mark Van Stenwick is an important call to rediscover that following Christ is a whole life proposition.
3: Well, and um, you know we are moving into a new neighborhood, and there are some very daunting challenges, and we're gonna very quickly talk about some of those, not to overwhelm you, but so that you're aware of the incredible opportunities that all of us have to make a difference in our world and in the lives of people around us. So keep a list, um, if you'd like, of opportunities and possible ways that you can be involved in uh, some of these situations we're facing in the future.
2: Is that the siren we just heard? It is. Okay. Well, it's very timely, because I guess what I want to say to you first of all is that you're graduating into a world that's very different than the world your parents and professors graduated into. And as a consequence, you're going to need to reimagine how to live, where to live, how to raise kids, how to make a difference, how to be church, because a lot of the existing models are really not going to take, they're not going to help you into the 21st century. The global recession is over, but I haven't found any churches that are getting ready for the next wave. And the next wave means the cutback in state and local funding for social services programs. More middle class teachers and firemen are going to be laid off. Uh, We need, as the church, to take the future seriously. We work with churches and mission organizations. They all do long range strategic planning, but they do it like they're frozen in a time warp, like it's going to be the 80s and 90s forever. We need a wake-up call. We need a new generation that leads with foresight, that anticipates the new challenges and gets ready ahead of time for these challenges. All of these are opportunities for grads. The Middle East volatility, uh, you are uniquely positioned because there's not another denomination that has more credibility in the Middle East than the Mennonite Church because you've worked for years on the West Bank in Palestine, have visited your sites. You work in Pakistan, and you are highly regarded because you are there out of the compassion of Christ. You have built bridges. Life after Goshen, there are opportunities for you to be involved in the Middle East, to learn Arabic, to be a part of the new opportunities for reconciliation in a very troubled time.
1: And
3: we are losing the war against poverty. Um, You know, I was just reading uh, the other day about the fact that uh, because of global uh, uh, weather changes, uh, environmental changes, because of of the changes that are going on in our world, um, you know, our poorest neighbors are at greater risk. Um, Oil prices, as we know, are going up like this. We're aware of it every time we go to buy petrol. But in many parts of the world, it's their very lives that are at risk as a result of this. Wheat prices have gone up dramatically because of um, the droughts in Russia last year, the floods in Australia this year. Uh, Even coffee, evidently in Colombia, because of the changing temperatures in the country, the production of coffee has gone down like this. And of course, this is the main way that many poorer families make a living in that part of the world.
2: So there are opportunities, life after Goshen, to be involved in new forms of agriculture, because we're having to create new forms of agriculture that provide crops that are going to grow after global warming. We were just in Australia with World Vision Australia. Tim Costello, who heads it, said that they're going to have to increase their spending for natural disaster relief four to five-fold by the end of this decade in order to meet disasters that are a result of climate change. Climate change is going to really cause huge disasters for the people in the tropics in part because of our SUV lifestyles, our footprints, things that you talk about a great deal at Goshen. We need to imagine new ways to live, where we have smaller footprints, more sustainable lifestyles. This is an opportunity for life after Goshen as well. The urban poor, uh, as you know, the cutbacks are coming, and many of your neighbors in Goshen, you have a large Hispanic Latino population here. Many of the working poor, there's going to be further cutbacks in services. Please find ways to collaborate with your Latino and Hispanic churches. Please find ways to collaborate to find answers for the next wave of the recession. And can I just say the recession is over, but the shaking isn't? Here's, I guess, what I want to tell you. We're not going back to old normal. You are going to be living in a much more volatile, uncertain future than your professors and your parents. As a consequence, you need to reimagine how to live and and how to be involved we would encourage you to look, tell them about the video that we've seen. There's a
3: PBS special that was done in November last year called Fixing the Future, that we've been recommending to everybody to watch because it's a real sign of hope because across the country, in fact across the world, people are starting to develop new sustainable networks, economic networks, local networks, where people are developing small businesses, they are, uh, small businesses that are usually green, that employ local people, that go across racial barriers that have is- existed in-, in the past. And the communities that are established them sometimes even new um, methods of of bartering and such that provides a new economic kind of framework for the community. And communities that are establishing these are finding much lower levels of unemployment than those that aren't. So we have opportunities to be involved in these in many different ways. I just
2: called Wally Kroger on the phone from Meta this week because one of the banners was igniting free enterprise. Because the church is declining in grain. We're going to have to find new ways to make a difference outside of the charity dollar, because the resources are going to shrink. One possibility for life after Goshen, do we have some business majors? Business majors? A few? You don't allow them to come to chapel. (laughs) You have standards. I understand. Uh, You can do good by doing well. Uh, You can do well by doing good. Got it backwards. But there's an opportunity to create new networks of sustainable economic environmental ways to provide economic lift. Um, I have bad news for the middle class. Uh, We are going to see a continuing erosion of the middle class, we're going to see many middle class families going back to what you had on the farm with multi-generational households out of economic necessity. We would encourage you to consider that as a lifestyle choice. We have an intergenerational community on three floors, the autonomy of the nuclear family model of people that were toast in our neighborhood were not the poor, they knew how to come together. But the isolation of the suburbs, many of those people didn't have support networks. You're going to need community more than ever before. And we're going to be suggesting to you, you think beyond single-family detached housing, because it's going to be so expensive. Can I just give you the, the, the quick, quick outline? Your generation is going to be among the first, many of whom will not have the economic lifestyles you were raised with. You're spending much more for higher education than any prior generation housing and health care. My generation, silent generation people, few of us spent over 20% of one income for rent or mortgage. Uh, you've got very inexpensive housing in this area, but if you go anyplace else, it's going to be 40 to 50% of two incomes. Housing starts at 400000 in Seattle. And if you choose that as your first choice after Goshen, You're gonna have hard time finding time for anything else, including good time with your own children as you start families. Please think about new possibilities life after.
3: Well, and I think most of you probably know that we're moving into a new future in terms of the makeup of our world. Uh, By the year 2040, the United States will be the first uh, Western country in which, uh, you know, those of us that are white, are no longer the predominant uh, sector of the community. And it's already happening in some parts of the United States, particularly in the under-20s.
2: We just had breakfast uh, with your president this morning, and he talked about the growth and focus of multiculturalism here. But those of you that are from European backgrounds, you need to think about where you live. Because the mythology in our Christian colleges that you always head for the most affluent suburban community you can afford that tends to be all white. The last place to be raising kids that are going to live in the 21st century are all white communities. So think about where you live, early language acquisition, primary school for your kids, and new ways to collaborate because we're moving into this richly multicultural future. We have gifts to receive and gifts to celebrate and much to learn.
3: Well, the new global economy is also defining uh, reality for us in different ways. Um, I worked in Tonga a number of years ago. Uh, You know, I don't know, Tonga is a little island kind of in the South Pacific where probably the hallmark of Tongan people is they're some of the biggest people in the world. But in the last few years, they've started to see problems that they've never seen before. They've seen problems of anorexia and bulimia. Uh, the women that used to be the older women that used to be highly regarded no longer are, and a lot of it is because of the impact of the global youth culture. And the fact that slim is now beautiful, uh, and of course, the emphasis on youth has really undermined many of the traditional values. We've
2: seen the creation of a global youth culture that has more in common with young people in America than it does the cultures they're part of, a homogenized youth culture. And I think that the new global economy is working as empire, seeking to collectivize imaginations, get us to buy into a certain notion of what is important, what is of value, what is cool. And the good news for the church...
3: Well, the good news is, of course, that the church is growing, but not in this part of the world. The main growth of the church at the moment is in Africa, Asia, Latin America, and of course, you know, that means that the dynamics of the church are changing and that we need to be listening more to voices from other parts of the world, recognizing that theologians in Africa and Asia and Latin America see things Bible in different ways than we do, and we need to learn to see with their eyes instead of seeing with the eyes of Europeans. And
2: Mennonites are doing a great job of of collaborating and growing numbers of churches, ethnic and multicultural are joining you, but we also need to find ways to collaborate. So, uh, declining church attendance we've talked about, let's go on to the next one. Some of the new models, Mark Van Stinkwick, Stenwick has started a Michio day. They have three households that are living together. It is one of those alternative living arrangements for couples as well as singles, and they're involved in major, major mission, and Mark is a good friend of ours, and we see him regularly.
3: And this is in Minneapolis, and not only do they live in household together, they do morning and evening prayers, but they're also a church together that reaches out to their neighbors in many different ways.
2: And this is Tim. He graduated from Goshen. Do some of you remember Tim Showalter? He's in a church in Atlanta. Uh, He's started an urban farming project there. CSA, the first 10% of their produce goes to people in need in Atlanta, which is going to be more important than ever before. They're planning increasing from a, a half an acre to a full acre. And the pastor is keen to see them go to six acres in the next few years of urban food production. These are some of the new possibilities for life after Goshen. So, back to your life. Whether you are freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, in the last few minutes, we want you to imagine one new possibility for life after Goshen. One new possibility in terms of An alternative way to use your gifts, your life, either through your work time, your discretionary time, alternative places to live, ways to live. We're going to talk about co-housing on Friday. We're going to talk about other models. Are you thinking about some new possibilities? If there isn't employment, VS service, graduate school are possibilities that a lot of students are looking at. I guess what I'd like to invite you to do is to turn to somebody next to you and talk about one new possibility for life after Goshen. And the faculty can talk about new possibilities of ways they can be involved with Luke at Mary Lee and other good places. Uh, But let's turn to one another. It's perfectly legit. There's some good people here. What are some new possibilities for life after Goshen? What are your creative ideas? Okay, perdoname senores. Tension, good. Please keep the conversation going about new possibilities for life after Goshen. Please join us tonight if you would like to get some large sheets of paper out and begin to create some new possibilities in terms of how you can use majors, something we call cluster reentry, where you find some ways to get some friends to go to a city and find a way to make a difference. So come if you're interested, don't have anything cooking, 6.30 tonight. We'll be out at the book table, but we want to talk to you about possibilities for life after. Christine is going to say a prayer and uh, thank you for the chance to be with you again. This is an exciting time to be alive, but it's gonna require new imagination if you really want to see the best that God can do with our lives. Christine?
3: Oh dear God, as we look at our world, we are often aware of the daunting (coughs) challenges that we face. The challenges of climate change, the challenges of disasters, the challenges of economic upheaval. But we recognize too, dear God, that these are your opportunities. These are the opportunities you give us to use our God-given creativity to make a difference in the world. And I pray for each student here that you will spark their imagination to see the ways that you want to use their lives and the talents that you have given them to be your heart and your hands reaching out to a world in desperate need. And we do pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
2: Amen. Go on.